0: Good morning, MCA. Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 13. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants, after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. This is the word of the Lord for us. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, we are continuing our study of Genesis that we started quite a while ago called In the Beginning. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to open it to Genesis chapter 8. Um, uh, two weeks ago, uh, just to recap, uh, we talked about the flood and this message is really uh, the flood part two. Um, but this morning... I want us to remember a bold statement that was made um, a couple weeks ago. um, And it was that God is both uh, our righteous judge and our gracious redeemer, and his promises can be trusted because he redeemed us. Now, this is uh, the um, runway of which I would like to take off this morning for us. Um, I do think, like, I don't feel like I have to defend that statement based on who is here this morning. Like, I know who sits in front of me. I know that you um, would agree with that, right? Like, you would agree that God's promises can be trusted uh, because he is our redeemer. Um, I don't think that that is a statement I have to defend. However... I want you to be really honest with yourself this morning. Um, have you ever felt abandoned by God? Have you ever felt as though when you prayed, it was like you were praying and it was just bouncing off the ceiling and back at you? Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like God abandoned you? Um. If that is you, um, then today I have a, a, a passage from Genesis chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 1, that I just feel is re- very much geared towards us. Um, it's for us. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. I want you to consider that very simple phrase. God remembered Noah. Those words tell us a great deal about the Lord. Uh, One of the the biggest fears that we have is the fear of being forgotten. Um, We fear death because... We fear that someday no one will remember us. And if you don't believe me, uh, go to an older graveyard and uh, look at some of the tombstones from the early 1800s. I mean, as you look at those, you start to wonder, who were they? Um, What were they like? And most importantly, does anyone remember them? And most of the time... That will be a no. In fact, if you go back far enough, thousands and thousands and millions of people are just forgotten. Like, it is as if they were never even here in the first place. But God remembered Noah. It simply means... In the midst of the great flood, God stayed true to his promises. He promised to deliver Noah and his family and all those animals. And he remembered to have mercy on those eight people that were just floating on a big barge in the middle of the ocean. God remembered Noah. So, if, if you're, I want to get everybody up to speed. So, so, here's a quick summary of what has happened so far. Noah entered the ark when he was 600 years, 2 months, and 10 days old. Seven days later, rain began to fall, and rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights. The fountains of the great deep also burst forth water. The floodwaters spread across the entire earth, covering the mountains to a depth of 20 feet. All living creatures on dry land were wiped out. The flood covered the earth for 150 days. And as the floodwaters receded, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, uh, evidently a uh, region in modern-day Turkey on the border of Russia. Uh, And 40 days later, Noah sent out a raven, I'm sorry, 74 days later, the mountaintops became visible. 40 days later, Noah sent out a raven. um, And then Noah sent out uh, three doves on three different occasions. And the third time, it did not return. Two weeks later, uh, he saw dry land. Noah stayed in the ark another 57 days until the Lord told him to leave. And Noah was 601 years, two months, and 27 years days old when he left the ark and if you add that all up he spent one year and 17 days in the ark now that is a long time in a cramped space with a lot of animals i mean this was no luxury cruise like there was no pool and there was no um big buffet there was no um entertainment um, like this was floating aimlessly on the surface of the ocean for a long time. It was no picnic. Now the Bible does not tell us what Noah's um, emotions were like during that time. Um, We know that Noah was faithful like he did the things that God asked him to. Um, and he was a man of faith. Like we know that from uh, Hebrews eleven seven, But we also know that he was a human. <laughs> that he had emotions. And I start to wonder, did Noah ever feel like God abandoned him? Maybe. I, I certainly could not blame him if he did. Like he had done all that God had asked him to do. He built this enormous ark. He led the animals onto the ark. And then he entered with his family. And now he's on this giant boat bobbing around aimlessly. Like there, like he has no direction. He's just sort of floating around. There's no course set. And just endless, endless ocean. And perhaps Noah felt forgotten. By God. If so, he is in great company. Uh, one man wrote of the dark night of the soul um, when he was feeling totally abandoned by God, totally alone. Like many saints have experienced this feeling. Consider with me uh, Psalm 42 9 through 10. It says, I say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? And in the Lord Jesus, we have the ultimate example When he's on the cross in the darkest moments, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was quoting uh, Psalm 22. Our text contains a message, an important message, of hope in the midst of judgment. God always remembers mercy. He remembers those who suffer and he keeps his eyes on them. Though they suffer long and often feel forgotten, God has not abandoned them. As God remembered Noah, he will remember you and me. And there is no trial so severe that it would separate us from the God who loves us. Amen. So in his message on Genesis 8, uh, James Montgomery Boyce points out three ways which the Lord remembered Noah during the flood. And I would actually like to take a look at these this morning with you. Uh, number one, uh, he sent a wind. Genesis 8.1 is specific on this point. God sent a wind that blew across the whole earth and caused the floodwaters to recede. Uh, This speaks, by the way, of God's authority over the forces of nature. He commanded the wind, and the wind blew. He asked the water to settle down, and it settled. At his command, the water level began to decrease around the globe. Uh, Proverbs 34 says, uh, He holds the wind in his hands and wraps the waters in his cloak. And according to Job 38, He puts limits on the waves and he says, thus far or no farther. And Psalm 135, 7 tells us that he brings wind out of the storehouses of heaven. Every drop of water, every gust of wind, every tiny snowflake comes from the hands of God. This imagery speaks over God's authority and control over everything. The storms that batter the earth are fully under his divine control. Just as God has the key to open, he also has the key to shut. He turned off the faucet and the heavens dried up and the water began to evaporate on the surface of the earth. The storms of life are not in our control. We cannot say to the waves... Thus far and no farther. But the Lord can. God works these things out for our good. And he can be trusted. He remembers his people. And he keeps his word. It is significant that the floodwaters did not disappear um, in a day. Like they did, didn't just Disappear. The waters rose slowly, and they went away slowly. Even so, God usually works deliverance for us gradually, over time, little by little, day by day, step by step. We don't get into trouble overnight, and we don't get out of trouble overnight. But God remembers us. God remembered us noah number two he gave him a sign you see noah was looking for signs that the flood uh, was coming to an end and i'm sure he was tired of being around those uh animals and the smells like i can't even imagine the struggle that would have been and let's remember he was in close quarters with his family constantly like it's not hard or it's not easy to be in a in a space all the time with your sons and your son's wives and with your whole family like that. I mean, that's like he had nowhere to go to escape. What, what, what is the saying? Uh, fish and family start to stink after a week, right? Like he couldn't escape. <laughs> he couldn't run away. He couldn't leave the house. This was Noah's reality. And the first time uh, he sent out a dove, it came back uh, because the water levels were, were so high still. And the second time, the dove returned with an olive leaf, indicating that plants are beginning to grow. And the third time he sent out a dove, it didn't come back at all. And Noah knew that the end of the flood must be very near. But why did he send out birds in the first place? It's interesting that God told him when the flood would start. Like he needed to know the approximate date that the flood would start so that he could build this ark and it would be ready to go. But notice that he, God doesn't tell him when the flood actually ends. Like there is no time that God said this is when the flood will end. So Noah was looking for a sign that w- for when it would end. And I think we can all kind of relate to this. Like we can endure almost anything if we know that it will end. That applies to sickness, to personal pain, to broken relationships, to trouble at work, to financial stress, or even watching our loved ones suffer. Whatever it is, God is in control. But it seems like we, we can endure it if we know that the end is near. But what is so difficult is when our chief question is, when will this end? The not knowing is what is so difficult for us, right? Like I can, I can totally relate to this many of you know uh, my mom has been on a long cancer journey and one of the hardest things i've ever had to experience is just the waiting and the waiting and the not knowing what's going to come next it's so difficult but but if we know maybe maybe we can endure but it's the not knowing that is so hard But the answer is always in God's time and not a day sooner and not one day later. No- nothing can rush, change, or hinder God's design for his, for his followers. In our doubt and in confusion, we have to rest on this truth. God can make the dry ground appear. Any time he chooses. We may feel forgotten or abandoned in the flood, but the dry land will appear in due time. Notice also that Noah didn't get out of the ark for a long time after land appeared. I think that if I were in the ark that long, I would have been like busting through the door, climbing out a window, putting a hole in the side, just trying to get out because I'm done. I'm sort of ready to be out. But Noah still had lots of waiting to do. And this should be no surprise to us. In the course of life, God often delays his mercies in order that we should properly thank him When they finally appear, we pray, Lord, help us. And the next day we pray, Lord, have mercy. And the next day we cry out, Lord, hear our prayers. And sometimes we are compelled to pray the same prayer over and over and over. And all of this is to our ultimate benefit. His answers are delayed in order that his sovereignty might be established. He's God, and we are not. And when he finally comes, he alone gets the glory. In our haste or frustration or desperation, we, we may try to leave the ark too soon. We might, may try to unhinge the door or climb through a window. But all that happens is that we slip and slide through the mud and we end up in the water anyway. God does not always spare us from the pain of life, but he gives us he gives us signs just like he did for Noah. He gives us these same signs and tokens of his grace today. Often it is a scripture that is repeated at just the right time. Or a song that we sing together or a phone call or a letter or something When we feel like giving up. Like I said, God does not always bear us the pain of life, but he gives us tokens of his grace. He gives us he gives us that rose in the snow. To remind us that even in our sadness and even in our despair, we are never alone, never forgotten. God remembered Noah. And number three. He spoke to Noah again. The final way that God remembered Noah. Was by speaking to him again. In verses 16 through 17. The Lord instructed Noah to leave the ark. With his family and his friends. And as far as we can tell. This is the first time that. uh, That God has spoken to Noah. Since he asked him to go into the ark. Like there is no other. Reference to that happening before this. So you can imagine what a year of silence might have felt like. A long time sitting and waiting. And as Noah watched, he waited and he went about his duties, wondering when the Lord would speak to him. Uh, Who could blame him if he would have felt forgotten? The same thing can happen to any of us. You may come to a time in your life when you feel forgotten and alone. You may think the heavens have become brass and as you pray, it just bounces right back at you. You may lack the conscious sense of God's presence. I just, I just don't feel like God is with me. You feel abandoned and left to face life on your own. So what do you do then? Well, you must do what Noah did. He stayed faithful to what you know to what he knew to be true. He obeyed the Lord and he followed his plans and day after day, Noah had to get up and he had to take care of a bunch of people and it didn't matter if he felt like it or not or if he Felt like God was there. He was consistent and he was faithful. And he knew that God had led him thus far. And he believed that God had his best interests at heart. While he waited for the Lord to speak again. He did the only thing we could do. Remain faithful. God will speak to you again. You can't rush God. and in his time you will hear his voice once again and until that day comes stay faithful do your duty be obedient to the things that he's called to you uh, called you to get up and do what you must do and just as god spoke to noah again so he will speak to you in due time god remembered noah Although Genesis 8 is primarily about uh, God remembering Noah, it also contains a wonderful truth about how Noah remembered God. Over 300 years ago, Matthew Henry offered this comment. Those that remember God shall certainly be remembered by him, no matter how desolate their condition. Our text reveals two specific ways that Noah remembered The Lord. And I'd like to go over those with you as well. Number one, he left the ark. Genesis chapter 8, verses 18 through 19 say So Noah came out uh, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds and everything that moves on the ground came out of the ark, one kind after another. I do think that it took quite a bit of courage to leave. And I don't think we really appreciate this very much. Although I do think he was probably ready to be out, this had been his home for a while. And it would have been difficult to leave the ark. I mean, consider the unknown things he's walking into. The cities are gone, the roads are gone. It took courage to step out and leave. The geography had changed. New landmarks were around. Nothing looked the same and everything was new. It might have been easier to stay in the ark, although it was uncomfortable and although he might have been ready to be out. It took great courage to step out of the ark to a brand new world. It meant leaving behind Safety and security and meant trusting God for a totally unknown future. Sometimes, often, God calls us to do things that are hard and may seem impossible. And we are called to leave the known things for the unknown. We might have to leave the ark. And no, you can't send the lions out first. You might actually have to go you have to leave the security and go. Sometimes we pray for change in our in our circumstances but when the moment they come along we are overwhelmed with fear that we are paralyzed and unable to move. Noah knew when to get out of the ark. He knew when to exit. Noah remembered God. Number 2, he built an altar. Genesis eight verse 20 then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The sequence of events is very important. God tells Noah to leave the ark and he leaves and the first thing he does after stepping on dry ground is he builds an altar to the Lord many people but not have done this as their first act of leaving the ark. Like maybe we would have um, jumped out of the ark and ran and said we've got a new world to build. We have to get started. But not Noah. His first act was to publicly thank God for his de- deliverance. Like the ten lepers that were healed by Jesus. One of them returned To thank Jesus for what he did. Even so, we often receive great blessings from the Lord. And in our haste to enjoy them, we seldom stop to say thanks. The offering represents his complete surrender and total dedication to the Lord. And after the flood... Noah could see that God was not only a God of wrath, but he was a God of mercy. And Noah recognized that he owed God everything. It was the Lord who warned him. God who took him to build the ark. God who designed the ark. God who called the animals to the ark two by two. God who shut the door, God who persevered or preserved the ark through the flood and, the, and God who brought the ark to a safe place. And it was God who told Noah when it was safe to leave the ark. God did it all and Noah was just along for the ride. This is an Old Testament picture of salvation by grace alone. Noah added nothing to the equation. Nothing. God did everything. And his offering is a way of saying, by rights, I should be perished in that flood, but God, in his mercy, has delivered me. What a challenge this is for us to remember God. And all that we do, remember your Creator in the days of your youth, Ecclesiastes 12 says. We are to remember God in our early days while we have the strength and energy and all of life that stretches before us. If we remember God in our youth, we are less likely to forget him when we are old. In your youth, remember God. In your high school days, remember God. In your college days, remember God. In your marriage, remember God. In your singleness, remember God. In your victories and your defeats, in your joys and in your sorrows, in your sickness and in your health, remember God. In your old age, remember God. And in your dying moments, remember God. Jeremiah 51 50 says uh, to remember the Lord in a distant land. In its original setting, These words applied to the Jewish exiles that had been taken from their homeland in Judah and carried to captivity to Babylon. And they were now far from home in a new culture surrounded by people who did not share their faith, facing every day the twin temptation of despair and compromise. How would they survive? The answer is unclear. Or the answer is clear. Remember God. Remember who you are and whose that you are. Remember where you came from. Remember the Lord who is with you, even now in anguish and even in your humiliation. This is a good word for us. The distant land for some of us means that you are far removed from family and friends, you're cut off from your roots. Remember the Lord in a distant land and remember the Lord who saved you. Remember the Lord who forgave you. Remember the Lord who loves you. And remember the Lord who is with you even now. Now is the time to remember God. Let this be your motto, church I will remember the Lord. Take time. To give thanks. Build an altar. Where you meet the Lord every day. Take time to pray and bless the name of the Lord. And do it publicly. Remember the God who remembers you. And he will be your joy and comfort. God remembered Noah. And Noah remembered God. Genesis chapter 9 verses 12 through 16. It says and God said this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and every living creature with you a covenant for all generations to come I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind never again Will the waters become a flood to destroy all life? Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind. God is the author of impossible things and the curator of miracles. And he comes so incredibly close to us The rainbow, a heartwarming reminder to us of his genuine love for us. God is faithful to remind us of his presence. In Christ. We have the living word of God to reference in order to hear him speak into our daily lives. And we can see him in creation and in each other. All humanity was created in the image of God. Beautifully diverse and individually wonderful and unique. God is faithful to place signs of hope in our daily lives. He promises when we seek him with all of our hearts, we will find him. The epic and well-known account of Noah and the ark is a tragic telling of heartbreak and loss. A disaster on the scale unfathomable to us. Though used in Sunday school with cartoon illustrations, the reality of what happened as the earth was flooded is a leveling reminder of the powerful wrath of God and His merciful covenant to never again flood the earth in the, way, in, in the same way again. And He has made a way through Christ an ark of salvation. And everything He allows and does is meant to draw us to Him. His saving grace is available for all of us this morning. And if you need prayer this morning, I just want you to know the prayer team is going to be available. But let this rainbow in the sky remind us that we are equally loved and cherished by our heavenly Father. God remembered Noah and he remembers you. Father, this morning, as we close, We ask that you would remember us, that you would walk with us, Father, in these difficult circumstances of life that may come up, Father, we lean on you and we trust you. We know that you work out all things for our good and for your glory to be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. Father, I pray as we go through this week that we would remember you. That we would thank you. That we would pray to you and that we would bless your name. Father, thank you for this morning. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen.